Good morning and welcome to Cox Media Houston's Public Affairs Show, FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. Uh, a recent survey came out, a recent study, said, uh, found that roughly 20 veterans commit suicide every day. And keeping veterans alive is uh, the mission or part of the mission of a organization here in Houston. And so with us today, we are talking about the Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Foundation of America, PTSD Foundation of America. And with us today is David Malsby, who is the executive director, and Ben Green, the program manager with PTSD Foundation of America. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate this. This is a very interesting subject. It's a a really... um, uh, uh, at the forefront right now in 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 the news, and uh, so wanted to talk about this. And so, first of all, um, David, you are the executive director. Give me a little bit of a history of the PTSD Foundation of America. When uh, did you start? And foundation's actually a little over ten years old. Began as a basically a fundraising mechanism under the name Impact Houston for another organization. Uh, at one point in time, our founder was doing nothing but writing checks for that organization. He figured out he wasn't very good at raising funds. Uh, so he wanted to become, as he describes it, boots on the ground. So a little over seven years ago, we he made that transition to PTSD Foundation. I made the first hire and just started going out anywhere anything was going on with veterans in Houston. And just meeting them, trying to find uh, individuals that were struggling, be able to help them just one-on-one. And at time, that uh, turned into support groups, which is what we run across the city, across the state, and now stretching across the nation. But just began as those support groups. And then uh, a little over four years ago, we opened the doors to Camp Hope, which is uh, interim housing for veterans and families who are struggling with post-traumatic stress combat-related post-traumatic stress. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, and this is uh, oftentimes the story of many charitable organizations and, and, and nonprofit organizations, that they start out just somebody wanting to raise funds because they know that they want to they, they mm-hmm. funnel some money to, a, to a, um, something that's close to their heart. And then as it grows, it, it morphs and it, it, it changes because then they realize that this really is um, kind of almost a, a, a business and, and, and it starts to focus on different things and turns into something that maybe the person didn't have an idea that it was going to be at the beginning, but it kind of grows out of that. And I, I, I find that interesting. And Camp Hope is one of the um, uh, big things that you guys mm-hmm. started four years ago. Tell me about Camp Hope. Yeah, so over the last little over four years, a lot has changed on the little five-acre uh, campus there. Just uh just off the Beltway by Sam Houston Horse Racetrack. Um, we started with uh, one modular building that had been vacated for some time and used as an office building. We cut it in half, moved it onto our property. Half of it became office and meeting space. The other half became our first living space, which was basically uh, a duplex. Both sides had four bedrooms, two bathrooms. We had queen-size beds in there. We believed very strongly that any health issue, including mental health, Rest was a very integral part of healing. So we had queen-size beds. Everybody's going to be comfortable. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, at one point, we had over 20 people living in that house that was designed for eight people. So we had pulled out queen-size beds, brought in bunk beds, pull-out couches. We had cou- cots, we, you know, whatever, because uh, we were determined if someone came our way wanting help, we were not going to turn them away. Uh, the VA's too well-known now for turning folks away, and before the vet ever gets help, they become a statistic. So whatever we have to do to find a way to, to make it, get them off the, off the street, 
living under a bridge, living in the back of their truck, whatever it is, we were going to find a way to make that happen. Now we have four housing units. Uh, we could house up to 80, 80 veterans right now. Uh, other, We have multi-purpose building. There's a lot happening on our campus. We have a building under construction right now. Uh, it's like a get tired of construction after a while, but uh, <laughs> building a, a new training and uh, support group building and a new uh, fitness center, which our guys are very excited about because we start the day right now putting everybody in multiple vehicles and going to the YMCA, and they start the day out there. But having the ability to do that on campus, was uh, it's going to be a great great asset for us as our logistics and our, our guys, a lot of free time if they have free time and go burn a little extra energy yeah um so it's but it's much more than just a place to 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 flop and and work out yeah no no. no, it's it's, it's, mm, yeah yeah tell uh, tell us about that there's uh there aren't i guess really a whole lot of rules but we do have a few non-negotiable rules Uh, a lot of our vets do the self-medication thing when they're struggling with ptsd so uh, there's a lot of rules around uh, around that uh, it's, it's free of charge. There, we don't charge anybody, but you do you do a lot of work. We have classes that go on throughout the day, and they include dealing with post traumatic stress, obviously. But we also offer other classes like anger management, um, resume writing, career planning, everything that's involved in getting that veteran back to a place where they can stand on their own. Uh, they don't need somebody to to watch over them or be with them every hour of the day and make sure that they're taking their meds and those kind of things. Uh, so those classes take place course of the day. Uh, our, our staff are all guys that have come through our program, so it's, it's all peer-to-peer mentoring. And uh, we also use a group out of uh, Conroe called the Refuge Trauma Care Center. Those are all licensed professional uh, counselors and psychologists. And uh, we do a lot of small group and as well as one-on-one uh, work with them as well. Yeah. So we, we provide a pretty well-rounded program, and it's it's pretty intense. It, it gets pretty passionate at times. One of the key things about our program, which is a little bit controversial in the PTSD care world, is what we call Step 4, uh, where our guys will write out their story, which includes... What was your life like before? So typically, we talk about it in high school years. What was that like? How did your friends see you? What was your personality like? Then your trauma. What happened? Uh, what did you lose? What What did you have to do that's keeping you awake at night? Then the last part is, how is your world today? How do your friends, are, you, are they still your friends? Or do they see you differently? And it forces them to see, hey, I am different than I was and once we figure out how we're different, we can start rebuilding those pieces back into our life and develop what we call a new normal. Yeah. We are talking with David Malsby, the executive director, and Ben Green, the program manager with PTSD Foundation of America and uh, subsequently part of that Camp Hope. Um, David and Ben, can I ask you about your stories? Because I know that uh, they're, the reasons that you are here are very uh, because you have passion for it. So can I ask you how you guys got involved? First of all, David, because you've been... Uh, were you one of the founders, or you've been in well, there from the beginning? I, I, my, my, I'm the lone civilian around there, which means I'm the butt of every joke. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's fine. But uh, my background is actually in pastoring, and uh, 
this opportunity came along at a time where I was looking to make some changes in what I was doing. I like to get my hands dirty and get involved in the the, the down and dirty and the with the gritty of what's going on in this world. And this provided me that opportunity. Uh, so uh, when I when I met our founder, Mr. Birdwell, and what he was wanting to do, it was a, just it was something I couldn't pass up. And Ben, what about you? Um, I'm actually a veteran. I was uh, in the Navy for five years. I was a, a corpsman with a Marine Corps Infantry Unit uh, deployed to Afghanistan in 2012. Um, did all of that, and uh, I came home. Um, <clears throat> was having a lot of a lot of issues, um, you know, at home, um, issues at work. Um, getting into trouble, um, alcohol-related incidents, that type of thing. Um, I uh, it, my my first sergeant noticed something uh, with me, and so he um, he told me that it'd be a good idea to go and, and talk to mental health. Um, I went to mental health, and they diagnosed me with with post-traumatic stress disorder right off the bat. And, um, I, I didn't really want to believe that, you know, my, my idea was like, oh, well, you know, they, they tell everybody that they have that, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I just, I just like to drink, you know? Um, and so I, um, got out of the, got out of the Navy in 2013, um, moved back home to Houston and, um, and again, started noticing a lot more problems, um, you know, mostly with, uh, anxiety and depression, uh, were, were big things for me. Um, I, um, I didn't, didn't like being in public, um, didn't like doing much of anything. Um, and, um, uh, I, uh, I did a lot of self-medication a lot. And, um, um, for, for about six months, um, give or take. And, uh, I was, I was actually how I got introduced to, to Camp Hope and the PTSD foundation. Um, I was actually, uh, tricked, um, <laughs> by, uh, the man sitting to my, to my right. Oh, and tricked is the word. Uh, it was, it was a trick. <laughs> um, and, uh, and my grandma, um, and, uh, my, my grandma, uh, Glenda's her name. Um, she, uh, she had gotten involved with an organization called Blue Star Moms. And what, what that is, is basically, um, and, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but, um, they, uh, it's, it's moms with, uh, sons and daughters who are serving and they kind of get together, I think once a month or something like that. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, celebrate that and support each other. And, um, so my, my grandmother, she, she kept, you know, when I was home, she kept telling me like, Hey, you know, I really want you to, um, you know, come out to one of these meetings, you know, it'd be great. Um, and so <clears throat> finally I did cause you know, I love my grandma and, mm-hmm. uh, when, when she asks you to, you can't say no. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and so, um, so I show up and, and, and again, the self-medication was going on. So that's probably why I didn't realize that. I was the only male in the room and that something was, was afoot. Um, and, um, the, the other two males in the room that, that showed up, uh, was, uh, David Malsby and, uh, uh another guy named Derek, uh, a veteran. 
And they got up there and they started talking about uh, Camp Hope and this, this, and that, and and um, and of course, I I didn't have a problem. <laughs> um, everyone else, everyone else had the problem, and so um, they they talked to me after the meeting. And they were like, "Hey, you know, you know, maybe you should just you know come check it out." And and um, and I was I was talking to my grandmother about it, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, you you should definitely go and 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 look at that place and you know catch a meeting or something." And, um, and I was like, nah, nah, you know, and, and, um, and I talked to to my girlfriend at the time about it and she's like, she's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's not such a bad idea, you know, um, you know, and, uh, so, so you really had to be coerced into, yeah, you there. know, and, and it's crazy because I, I, <clears throat> I really, like I said, I was, I was convinced that I didn't have a problem, you know, I didn't have an issue because the thing was, is, you know, there's a couple of things for one you know, I, I, I was a, I was a corpsman, which is like a medic. Right. And so I, I saw some, some nasty things, but you know, I knew a lot of guys that saw much worse than me, you know, um, much worse. And, and so I, and I, I didn't, I didn't see that they had a problem. And so I, I felt like, you know, me saying that I did, it was an admission of weakness. Um, There's a stigma. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so I, I just didn't want to admit that. And, um, um, so when you went and you went for your first meeting, uh, there, what was that like? Oh, uh, they had spaghetti. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> um, we do, was, we do feed people when yeah. they come. Yes. Uh, feed them well. And again, you know, there's, there's, there's trickery going on, you know, <laughs> right, the we're, food. we're enticing people, you know, uh, so, so I, I get there and, um, um, late actually, I remember that I was about 10 or 15 minutes late and, um, I, I, I get in and I, I sit down and, and I kind of look around the room and, you know, every, most guys there were about, about my age and, um, um, but uh there were there were a couple of guys that were uh, a bit older and um um one of whom was a a, a vietnam vet and <clears throat> he was giving his story you know and and again remember i already had you know the 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 idea in my mind that you know you know what i went through wasn't wasn't that bad and so you know i really don't you know i don't even really rate to to be here you know and and then I heard the, his story, and I'm like, I'm like, oh god, like you know, I really don't rate to be here, you know. But uh, that guy and a couple of other other guys um, actually stayed and talked to me after the meeting. And the one thing that that, that they told me, you know, because I, I I expressed this to them, you know, and I was like, I was like, you guys, you guys actually did something. I didn't, you know, I just, you know, I just patched a couple of people up, and it's, you know, no big deal. Um, but uh, you know, and they they told me, you know, it's 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 all relative. You know, what may be defined as traumatic to you may not be defined as traumatic to me uh, and vice versa, you know. Um, so every I mean, things affect people in different ways. So and so and so you started to go more often. Uh, no, uh, you you would think so. But uh, but I, I uh, avoided it for a couple more months until I was completely out of options. And uh, and then I came there as a resident uh, in May of 2014. Um, now at that time I, you know, was severely, um, um, severely addicted to drugs and alcohol. I didn't go a day without drinking or getting high. And, um, um, I 
wasn't allowed to to see my son um and so uh sorry um it's all right so but then at that point <clears throat> like you said you're kind of out of options yeah um you know and and I was on, on the verge of of homelessness uh because the 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 girlfriend I had at the time was was tired of supporting me um and so and my my drug habits and um and so I uh called Camp Hope and and they they took me in and um um it it was the 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 first time that I felt like I was able to to just leave alone all of the 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 lies and the you know um the facades that people put up and, and you know is defense mechanisms and I was able to just be open and transparent you know because I was around uh people that knew exactly where I had been you mm-hmm. know yeah. um and 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 it was it was the same uh same type of brotherhood and camaraderie that I had in in the barracks in in Camp Lejeune you know it was the same feeling it was that that you know uh that and it it gave me gave me a, a you know a safe place mm-hmm. you know that I could I could open up and talk about these things yeah. and then pull them out and process them right you know we are talking with Ben Green, who's the program manager with the PTSD Foundation of America, and David Malsby, the executive director. And Ben, you're talking about going in there and try and, and being able to be transparent and talking to your peers. Um, David, you're talking about the peer to peer. That's what the, the is that the basis of it is very um, much so. Is that there's been some talk about that being uh, an, an alternative or complementary to other kinds of therapies? Can you tell me? what your what um what PTSD foundation and camp hope what is your i i, I guess philosophy on the peer to peer our philosophy is, is it is what works now <clears throat> most of our vets if not all come in uh through the VA or having you know working with the VA and psychs there so many of them are on medications some of them way way too many medications uh, so what we do is we, we're, you know, we're not doctors, so we're just going to help you understand. We do have a licensed nurse there. Talk to your doctor about these meds because the, you're you're over medicating, and some of the medications you're working you're using are working against each other. Uh, so those medications may be necessary for a time. We're not like anti meds, but uh, let's not let that be the crutch. Let's not let that be the basis of your ability to function. Uh, we can function in a much higher uh, ability if we're sober and we're clear-minded and we're not allowing some chemical to affect us. But if we learn how to deal with what we have faced in a positive way, in a healthy way, we can move forward. Yeah. Do you have um, uh, a uh, an outline of treatment that is um, in any way certified with counselors or how does that well work? so our program's all done with american association of christian counselors all of our every one of our mentors goes through a training program that's designed by them it's 30 hour course uh everyone that does any mentoring at all has to do, take the certification and must pass those tests uh, so it's not like we're just sitting around the campfire chit-chatting. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's some meat to uh, to what we're doing. Um, and is, is there any kind of, um, uh, I guess, regulation in the state or anything about these kinds of things? Is that kind of, uh, 
is that enough that um well again so we're we're peer to peer so we we don't claim to be doctors and we're not trying to practice medicine uh we do have again a lot of our guys work with doctors but most of them really don't want to deal with them mm-hmm. uh I, I could tell you stories all day long of guys going into the VA having to tell their story to somebody for their VA ratings or disability ratings and uh feeling very judged just going through the process and it's very detrimental and you would think that after all these years we could learn how to handle that process better uh so uh we we help our vets walk through that process and we've met some great people within the VA system that can help with that but uh yeah it's all ours is strictly peer to peer do you have any referral um uh, organizations that refer people to you Yes, well, we get a lot from the VA, straight mm-hmm. from the psych ward of the VA hospital. They send them right over to uh, you. We also work very closely with the veterans courts. We have two veterans courts here in Houston, a felony uh, court as well as a misdemeanor court, uh, as well as Montgomery County's uh, court system. We work really, really well with those and get a lot of vets from those programs. And then you said, you mentioned earlier, an affiliation with an organization of behavioral therapists. Yes, correct. And, and, and who is and that? All, it's the Refuge Counseling Center. All of our vets and all of our staff actually attend there at least weekly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask, because um, the uh, Post Traumatic Stress PTSD Foundation of America um, a few years ago um, had a uh, director of counselor, counseling who was actually at one point charged with falsifying medical records. He wasn't who he said he was. He was in the military, but he wasn't. Um, uh, he hadn't gone through the experiences that he said that he did. And he was, I think it was, was it a, 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 it didn't go so far as stolen valor, but he was charged with falsifying some records. And I wanted to know, um, you know, at the time you, you hadn't, you didn't know that, that, that it was going on. Can you tell me a little bit about that time? Well, once, once he owned up to the falsification of what he was saying, which again was just a great exasperation of what his service actually was. Uh, he immediately resigned, uh, went straight into uh, a, a health care facility, went through the process. He was charged by the FBI, went through all that, incarcerated for some period of time for what he did. So he paid his crimes, uh, paid the price for his crimes. Um, as far as we were concerned, none of the exacerbation of his story meant anything to us as far as that wasn't why we had hired him wasn't because of the stories he was telling but I, I will tell you this for and I understand I, I truly do I understand why a lot of veterans are upset by that and I, I completely get that what they don't know is this guy very sacrificially gave of himself and his time and he and I on more than one occasion <clears throat> did some things that were you know a little bit risky to get to somebody before they became a statistic and he was very willing to do that. Um, what he did was completely wrong in, in regard to falsifying who he was. But uh, at the time, he was uh, he was not working for us because of any of that. Mm-hmm. But clearly, you know, those ties have been severed. Right. Well, you know, there would be some people who would question how does the director of counseling for uh, the PTSD Foundation of uh, of, of America. Um, get to be the director of counseling when he is in fact making everything up 
Um, and 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 well, he and wasn't d- making everything up. Well, uh, he was making up uh, uh, getting a Bronze Star and Purple Heart and all sorts correct. of things. And again, when we hired him, none of that was ever discussed. Mm-hmm. It was never a point of discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did learn a lot from that. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of things that we do differently now in our like hiring what? process. Uh, well, verification of their DD-214, which is basically what he was charged with. He had falsified his 214, which is a government document that gives your military uh, record. So we verify those before we hire. Okay. Um, and and had he gone through the, the um, certification to be a, the, the Christian certification? Yes. To yes, be he the did counselor. Take the he'd, he'd gone he through sure that. did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now that you do that and you double check that, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, at the time, uh, there was also some questions about the finances. And the reason I'm bringing this up because oh, it was yeah, very absolutely. It, it, it's a matter of public record, and sure. I think a lot of people want to know absolutely. how that has come out. So, tell us about that. Uh, well, first of all, uh, you know if. If people want to believe what they read in the Chronicle, I guess that's up to them. Well, it's not. We're not here to bash the Chronicle. We're talking uh, about the indictments and actually the. the well, the only the indictment financial. was for one individual falsifying a document. Right. Uh, the other indictments were proven to be false. Uh, the. Um, the, well, I, the but I also that the, know that the you... statement that we owed the state money was false. The statement uh, the state actually owed us money, not us owing them. So is complete 180 reported from what the actual truth was. Okay. Um, you lost uh, some sponsors and you lost some board members at the time, but you have um, Correct. Uh, kind of changed some things and gotten some uh, back and also made some changes. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always some folks that at any hint of a, of a, of a question, they're going to make a clean break. So that's fine. We appreciate it because we found out who our friends were and who was actually interested in helping save veterans' lives. It was just the end of the day. That's what we're about. Um, so we found out who our friends were, and today we have a number of friends who stayed with us during that time, and uh, the friendship was actually strengthened through all that and them seeing what the truth was as opposed to what was being reported. And we've had a number of, well, our our friends, our networking has multiplied many times over since that time because people saw the reality of what was actually going on, again, as opposed to what was being reported, and what we've done in response to that since then and how we handle our business. Well, all, all of our financial information, every bit of it, audits, financial audits, statements, it's all online for everybody to see on our website. Absolutely. I noticed that. Um, and, and since that time, Camp Hope, which at the time wasn't, uh, what, uh, was kind of a shell of what it is now, has grown oh, incredibly. And, <laughs> yes, quite incredibly. And, and the neat thing is it's a community involvement. We don't receive government funding because, uh, well, we just don't receive government funding. Uh, it's all by the community, small Mom-and-pop companies, individuals, national corporations have gotten behind us. Uh, Graystar, which is the nation's largest apartment management company, probably the world's largest, uh, is a big driver behind what we do. Uh, and other friends uh, that have just been tremendous in helping us grow. We just opened in uh, February a brand-new 11,300-square-foot house, about a $1.5 million asset. We wrote checks for about $140,000. So when people ask, you know, if I give you a dollar, how much your dollar actually goes 
So if you give me a dollar and I turn it into 10, how's that work out for you? So uh, that's what we've been able to do because we live in such a great, great community here. There's also several outreach programs. Yes, we are. Uh, we just had a grand opening facility in San Antonio. We are right outside the gates of Fort Hood in uh, Harker Heights. We are in Portland, Oregon, uh, Lake Elsinore, California, about to open up in San Diego, California, 29 Palms, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We're in northeast Arkansas, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So we're, we're, we're spreading. Yeah. Um, and and you have a fundraiser coming up in October. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. And we we really want to invite as many people who can come out October the 14th as possible, October 14 and 15. It's a lot of fun. It's a big barbecue cook-off. And, you know, what can you say? It's free barbecue. Uh, and it's a very family-friendly environment. It's a lot of fun. But it gives people a chance to get, to be on our campus and see what's going on there and see for themselves what's actually happening, happening meeting some of our veterans and a lot of just a lot of networking, a lot of great times of kid friendly activities going on on Saturday. We invite the community out. It's a lot of fun. And and finally, how many people have you helped? How many people have been through? We've had over three hundred residents at Camp Hope, plus you know hundreds and hundreds more who've attended our support groups in other locations, as well as we you know, support groups we have at Tuesday night and Thursday night that's open to the public at Camp Hope. But over three hundred residents live at Camp Hope. To our knowledge, we've not lost one of those to suicide, which is its groundbreaking kind of uh, statistic in, in the world of Really? Have combat. any of them gone off the grid or disappeared, or you know that... There's a few that we wish were making different choices than they're making today, but at the end of the day, they're alive. They, they've made the choice to at least live however they choose to live, where you know, we don't get to make those choices for them, yeah. but they're alive. Ben, is it um, exclusively men, or are there women involved as well, women veterans? Uh, right now, we do not house female veterans. Uh, we have partnered with the Lotus Project. Um, they house female veterans, uh, but female veterans that uh, that qualify are, are more than welcome to attend our uh, combat trauma support groups on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And there's qualifications. What are they? Kind of the, just quickly. Yeah, the qualification is a DD-214 that reflects a deployment to a combat theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you guys very much for coming in. We've kind of run out of time. Thank you for answering some of the tough questions, thank but also you thank you for, for, the, for the, the the good work that you continue to do. And and uh, I have to say that the there is a lot of transparency. You have a lot of information out there for people to look at, and you provided it to me as well, and I want to thank you for that. Um, but thank you for being here this morning. Can you give me the contact information of anybody might be listening who might want to come and see you or who might want to get a hold of their their kids or their husbands or their boyfriends or their daughters to come and, and get some help like you got, Ben. Sure. Our website's always a good place to go, ptsdusa.org. We have a veterans crisis line, and it is a crisis line, but is answered by combat vets, and it's 877-717-7873. 877-717-7873. And for general questions, the number is 832-912-4429. Okay. Ben Green and David Malsby with the PTSD Foundation of America and Camp Hope. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. My name is Susie Hanks, and you've been listening to FYI. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.